sexualization of the kids and uh, oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. We all hear about it. Okay. I was, it's concerned, but you know, I had other things I got to do and I had seen some clips. Have any of you seen any clips of like Lila Rose talking about Alfred Kinsey? Anybody know who Alfred Kinsey is? Um, I saw a clip uh, of that. And then there was another clip on Twitter that went around with an older lady named Judith Reisman on Phil, the Phil Donahue show. And she's like, Phil, four-year-olds are having orgasms and it's on this book and they got this thing in Alfred Kinsey. And I was like, what is this Alfred Kinsey? And I just kind of put it in the back of my brain. And then the Lord sent us to the sound of freedom. And then uh, we went through um, the... Uh, eugenics, Margaret Sanger, and, and uh, population control. And while I was doing that, I came across Alfred Kinsey, and I went down the rabbit hole. But only, here's the thing, God, th guys, this rabbit hole is real. It is, it is as real as my hand right here. It is, it is not one of those fake rabbit holes. This is legit. If you want to solve what's going on with the kids today, if you want to solve it, you have to know how it started. And so Rhonda's here because the power of God led her to be here. She's going to tell us how this all started. And I'm telling you, if anybody's in the campgrounds, go get your friends, get them in here because this is going to be so powerful. It's going to rock their world because this right here is how it started. And if we don't know how it started, then we can't fix it. This man, Alfred Kinsey, he is the father of sexology here in America. He's the reason why we don't have laws against cohabitation or adultery or sodomy. He made up laws. He destroyed our country. He made, he, he made up things to change the law. 42, I believe it was uh, uh, laws in our, our country that were keeping the morals, keeping us straight. Even abortion. What used his fake book to cite the, to legalize abortion. That's how deep this runs. And the reason your children are being sexualized is because of this information that is the science. This is the first, trust the science. Children are sexual, trust the science. Where does the science come from? He's literally the Fauci of abusing children sexually. Trust the science. The science says kids are sexual. So without further ado, I'm going to pray here right now real quick. God, I just thank you so much for having Rhonda here. I just put my hand on her shoulder. I ask you to speak through her and your power and your might. I pray that every eye will see and every ear will hear what you are speaking to them so they can do, so they can change this nation. And I pray that your power will fall and truth will be revealed and the lies of the sexualization of children will stop tonight. And we do it here. We make a stand in Jesus' name. Thank you, Rhonda. Are we on in this one? Can we get this one on? Could try again. That's okay. We're just switch. Go ahead. Well, thank you so much for having me. It is quite an honor to join many of our heroes that have already spoke before me. And so it is a tremendous honor um, for me to be here and help you understand why we are where we are. This was a methodical, thought-out plan. And I want to talk to the men right now. Men, you were the number one target of this because they knew that if they could destroy the family, they could destroy the men first, get you compromised by getting you hooked on pornography then they would have a better chance at going after the women 
with books like uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, women read more porn, men watch it, and that would leave the children vulnerable. So what you're about to see is years of research put together by the leading expert, Dr. Judith Reisman, about Alfred Kinsey. She became the number one target for our government in trying to expose this. So we're gonna talk about the history, how we got here, the current condition that we're in, give you some statistics and, and things there, and then we're gonna talk about the future and things that we can do, okay? Essentially, sex trafficking was resurrected, has been resurrected. In 1865, black slavery ended, but in 1885, the white slave trade began. Ended by the purity movement in 1910 by the Mann Act, However, evil people always seek victims, thus a lull in child exploitation. In 1937 to 1967, so social psychopath laws swept the nation, and you're about to see how that happened. Essentially, we had two American legal standards. We had pre-Kinsey, which was common law, which you talk, Scott talks a lot about common law which we operated on for a long time, okay? That was built on the Bible. There was no sex science. Conjugal sex was, was the only legal sex. Sex laws were very restrictive. Offenders were penalized, imprisoned, rape, capital punishment, and life in prison. However, post-Kinsey era, we then had the model penal code, which is what we operate on now. We have, it's based on the science authority. Again, this is fraudulent science. Same thing as Fauci did. Sex laws or sex science fields started emerging, okay? Consent defined legal sex. Sex laws became permissive. Offenders became paroled, pardoned, treated, and pa as patients, and then they became actors. This is a report that is on our website. If you go to purpleforparentsindiana.org, you will find this report that Dr. Reisman and I worked on that exposes all of these connections. He essentially worked with the Rockefeller Foundation and the CIA through their MKUltra experiments. You heard about those today from one of the other speakers. This is what Alfred Kinsey actually participated in. When scientists determine morality, the CIA and Kinsey and MKUltra, Reverend Billy Graham said this, it is impossible to estimate the damage this book will do to the morals of America. Talking about Hugh, or, uh, Alfred Kinsey's human sexual behavior in the human male. Essentially, Time Magazine then awarded Kinsey and put him on the front cover. So how were they using sex for the new world order is essentially what they were doing. Well, the Rockefellers funded it, the mission, they were globalists, right? They believed in the transformational change globally. They believed in eugenics, including the eugenics program carried out by Nazi Germany and the eugenicist vision of the global governance of the elites. They funded the sexual revolution. They also funded the DNA upgrade uh, revision by Bill Gates. They managed public opinion. 
They supported the CIA MKUltra mind control experiments. So Kinsey's job, his mission was to find the scientific data that Judeo-Christian sexual morality laws were unnatural and repressive. That was his number one mission, to undermine the family by doing this. He is the father of the sexual revolution, as he's known. He normalized pedophilia because he was one. He conditioned children to reject their parents and seek aid from big porn, big pharma, big abortion, and big education. He supported the CIA MKUltra mind control experiments by doing them. So what was the mission of the CIA? Well, they were to manage and support the mind control experiments. They were to identify and develop drugs and procedures to be used in interrogation in order to weaken the individual and force confessions through mind control. You've heard a bit about this this weekend. They also were to manage public opinion in support of the agency, Rockefeller Initiatives, through mock, their Operation Mockingbird. How many of you know what that is? A few of you. Well, if you don't know what it is, just go home and flick up, flip on that black screen that we all sit in front of and watch, because that is Operation Mockingbird and you're being programmed. That's why they call it programming and television. They knew that it could get uh, Americans addicted to that black box that they would then be able to put forth their plan. So essentially in 1948, science then served deviant sex. Determining children are sexual from birth was what Kinsey determined. This is a picture of the former Kinsey Institute on the campus of Indiana University. Indiana is home to this perversion. So who is Alfred Kinsey? He was an MKUltra contractor. He had access to mental hospitals where he was allowed to test his theories out on infants and children. He was also a, a pedophile, interested in infant and child sex abuse. He was a bi-homosexual. He was a sadomasochistic addict. He was a porn filmmaker addict. His house is just a few blocks from the Institute. I've been there. I've stood on the sidewalk in front of it. I've done videos exposing it. It really hasn't changed the outside of it since he owned it himself. He was performing porn in the attic. He had his own pornographer. He had the president of IU involved. He had other officials at IU. He would groom the students at IU and get them involved in his pleasures. He died of orchitis. He had STDs and he was a violent masturbator. He was also a eugenicist in the movement. He believed in what Margaret Sanger was doing. Oh, and he was an adulterer. This is Alfred Kinsey showing videos of porcupines mating, which is extremely violent. You can see the looks on the children. Some of them are mortified. But look at the look on Alfred Kinsey's face if you can see it. It's a very sinister, sexually deviant man. These children are mortified. What they're participating in is sexual attitude restructuring by allowing them to watch this over and over again. This is a, a picture of table 34 that is in his human sexual behavior, in the, sexual behavior in the human male on page 180. This is the infamous table 34 that showed up on the Phil Donahue show when Dr. Reisman for forced Phil to show it on the screen. 
which is interesting. Yes, you have several handouts that you will be getting, and that is included in those handouts. This was all done by timed stopwatch. The age of the child is young as five months, all the way to 14 years old on this chart. This is one of many charts. But the point of this one was to time the number of orgasms that children would have in a 24-hour period. Notice the four-year-old. 26 orgasms in a 24-hour period. When Dr. Reisman read her book and, and saw this, she sent it off to some of her medical experts, and she says, how in the world is that possible? They sent her back an email and said, it's not possible unless you're holding that child down and you're torturing them around the clock. That is what they were doing in order to determine children are sexual from birth. What did he consider an orgasm in children? Well, boys all under the age of 12, his orgasm types included rigid throbs and sobs, satum hysteria, convulsions and cries, fainting and collapse, twitching and spasms, and then fighting the partner. Not the pedophile, not the rapist, but the partner. This is the Kinsey scale. This is still used today. You'll find it on, on many references in, in regards to Kinsey. So you can be anywhere from zero, exclusively heterosexual, to six, exclusively homosexual, or you can be anywhere in between. And this is what they're teaching the children in schools. It's based on this Kinsey scale. So what did the Kinsey team claim? Well, out of 4,441 female subjects, that no rape occurred. That's astounding. When you're talking about children, but no rape, that's what drew Dr. Dr. Reisman's attention. We also have to understand that they targeted the black communities especially. The racist data that he collected groomed fatherlessness. Prior to World War II, there were more black than white women married. Kinsey's lies say that ra the black race is wildly promiscuous. Now I will stop here and say that when our men were in the battle in World War II is when Kinsey moved here from New Jersey, moved to Indiana, set up camp, started telling the women back here their men over there were being promiscuous. Then they're telling the men over there the women are being promiscuous. They were already causing division in marriages, okay? Now they're doing it in race. Kinsey dumped 934 black co-eds as non-representative because they didn't match his agenda and what he was trying to prove. So then 6% prior to 1950 had college degrees, filmmakers, writers, judges, dads. Millions of us were groomed, or our parents and grandparents were groomed by Kinsey to end the tough sex laws that we had. What happened was they sent him, once he wrote his books in 1948, Sexual Behavior in the Human Male was published. In 1953, Sexual Behavior in the F Human Female. And then what happened was the Rockefellers and the CIA sent him out across the country and across the globe. Here he is speaking to one such audience. Kinsey used only a quarter of the cases that he found that matched what he was trying to prove. Sound like somebody else? Dr. Fauci? So here he is. Traveling again, speaking, he went to Portugal, Canada, Europe, UK. Kinsey lectured universities, students, and faculties. He's training educators, medical doctors, judges, lawyers, 
psychologists, legislators. They're training all of these sex leaders worldwide through every career, every entity was infiltrated with this science of Kinsey's. So essentially, Manfred Guttmacher in 1950 in the Group for Advancement of Psychiatry stated this as they're grooming pedophiles. Persons age seven can share full responsibility for sexual behavior. They've now determined that children, there's no harm in that. Okay, here again, they state, Kinsey's data were the points by which we steered. So you can see how they built the platform on all of this rape and torture of children. Then in 1953, Hugh Hefner is a virgin in college at the age of 22. He reads Kinsey's male version and decides he's doing everything all wrong. Everybody's having fun. He decides then he's going to become Kinsey's pamphleteer. That's when Playboy started. And as we know, many of us watched as they excavated Hugh Hefner's mansion, and there were tunnels underneath that mansion. So essentially, from 1945 to all the way to 1986, this is a chart that was put together to expose what happened. Okay, so in 1948 to 53, Kinsey publishes his book, right? Then all of a sudden, Penthouse appears, child molesting starts happening, and then in 1973, you've got new pornography, you've got um, Playboy, Hustler, Penthouse, and then in 1975, child pornography starts coming in, 1977, now you've got incest and child sex abuse clusters that start popping up. The flood of pornography in magazines, okay, film and dirt and, and pretty baby. 1980, you have justified murder as just as major clusters, okay. Then in 1962, you've got child sex. Those rings start popping up. Serial rape, okay. Then you've got auto, uh, auto trying to read it, autoerotic um, asphyxia that starts coming in. And in 1988, you got ritual killings, okay. Some of that ties into what you heard yesterday and today. This is what was happening. In 1955 then, just three years after her, or two years after his second version of the book published, they then targeted the common law. And in 1955, they started having discussions about the model penal code. And this was published in the National Research Council AIDS and Intravenous Drug Use in 1989. Research on human sexuality is divided into pre- and post-Kinsey eras. Again, we had two, two forms of loss. They completely destroyed the, the protections of women and children. So how did that happen? Well, pre- and post-Kinsey, anything was legal uh, can be taught now, urged in the, in the K-12 through schools, which is what they're doing. Obscenity before was prison and fines. Now it's legal because 43 states adopted an obscenity clause that allows the schools and public libraries as well to legally distribute pornography. You have rape. That was a death penalty in 18 states and life in 22. Now you're lucky to get six months to four years. Divorce, you had fault alimony, okay? Now you have no fault and no alimony. Abortion, absent grounds was punished. Now it's legally taught in the schools. Sodomy, there was prisons and fines. Now it's legally taught in the schools. 
1955, rape of a 10-year-old child. This was, their, this was their idea, okay? After the model, our American Law Institute model penal code, a 10-year-old accustomed to sex would suffer little or no physical harm, and number two, might well be the seducer rather than the seduced. That is why we have rampant pedophilia. This is why we have major sex trafficking problems, and it's why CJ was one of them. Now, this graph right here talks about the division and what happened when our, our laws changed from the model or the common law to the model penal code. You're going to get a handout of this, so you'll have that to look at. 1960, the sex histories of American college men. Now, the, the college men are targeted. Kinsey's research mocked 200 college men that they studied for sexual chastity and morality because prior to that, they had our country had been moral, the moral laws that were effective. Now, Many were as romantic about sex as any girl. Sex without love, premarital sex, intercourse, seemed utterly unethical. Oral and anal sodomy was, was seen as homosexual and abnormal. Now it's no big deal. Even many of us Christians fell for this. Again, even at four or five, she may overwhelm the adult into committing the offense. You're talking small children. This is why they think no big deal about raping and torturing infants and children. Child molestation is a minor crime, obvious even to the most prudish Neo-Puritans. This was in the Georgia Law Review in 1969. So they're grooming global pedophiles. 1973, the American uh, Psychology or Psychiatric Association declares homosexuality as normal after Kinsey put forth his data 25 years earlier, the APA declared homosexuality as normal. Is it any wonder that just a few years ago, right, they legalized, legalized same-sex marriage? Now do you understand why, where it came from and why they went through with it? Rape is a question. In 1980, the um, American Law Institute Model Penal Code said this, unlike other crimes, rape required a fresh complaint. Cautionary instructions of her possible tainted history, proof of her chastity. Now she becomes the victim twice. Once by the perpetrator, now by the law. In 1985, Dr. Reisman was tasked with the um, Office of Advocates Justice and Delinquency Prevention. She actually was given a grant to the, our, gov our government to study the images of children, crime, and violence in Playboy, Penthouse, and Tuster magazines. Sadly, the schools and others are now targeting our children with picture poison. Viewing pornography for a living can be deadly. You heard earlier some testimonies about what happens with pornography in marriages. This is a comic that was put into the Playboy magazine early on. As you can see right here, they're setting it up for pedophiles. Adult child sex. Okay, 1970s. Playboy was grooming consumers already. This is Brooke Shields at age 10, being in the centerfold of the magazine. Here they are trashing Judeo-Christian morality, scouts and through the churches, okay? Outside the scout, the scout 
building. You've got two people making out in the car. Then you've got um, pornography and child sex on the far right. In 1977, there's a Case Western University study, Playboy grooming pedophiles in 1984 all the way through today. The International Academic Pedophile Lobby, okay? They start putting forth plays that are very erotic. And I will just say real quick while I'm thinking about it, we heard several times people mention about Aleister Crowley and how this is all satanic. It is. There's a picture, and you can Google it online, of Alfred Kinsey in one of Aleister Crowley's satanic temples. And he's talking to erotic filmmaker Kenneth Anger. It's very much a satanic tie to Alfred Kinsey. In 1977, Dr. Reesman was at a conference overseas, and she's talking about Alfred Kinsey and this, the sex crimes. And one, somebody came up to her and said, you're concerned about child sex abuse? Read the Kinsey reports. She said, why? She hadn't read them yet. The guy replied, I worked with Kinsey and, and Pomeroy, one of his lovers. One is a homosexual and the other is a pedophile. And she asked, well, which is which? He said, read and discover. And I would encourage you to do the same thing. Read about these pedophiles. Read about Alfred Kinsey. This is an early picture of Jeffrey Epstein and John Podesta in the 1980s. I tell people before there was Jeffrey Epstein, there was Alfred Kinsey. Somebody had to precede him as well. In 1983, the FBI and DOJ started the Missing Children Serial Murder Task Force, which Dr. Reisman was a part of. Pornography and sexology effects on juvenile exploitation and abuse of immediate concern requiring coordination across the criminal justice spectrum. That was the whole point to this, okay? Task force. Unfortunately, she got a little too close and they shut her off and she could go no further. The task force would locate predatory politicians, okay? They were looking through the finders, the Franklin cover-up, Pizzagate, and the Podestas. In 1989 to 1989, politicians were credibly cited for sex scandals and crimes. Here you start seeing the major politicians. Governor Clinton, George Mitchell, Anthony Weiner. Remember the Weiner laptop? Yeah. So in 1983, the $800,000 grant that she was given to research all of this and investigate it, the whole plan was to develop a master plan for a nationwide system to trace missing or abducted children, serial murderers, and conduct research. So oftentimes what our government does, right, put forth a program to investigate itself, but then stops it on the backside when people get too close. Well, that's what they, they were doing with Dr. Reisman. Unfortunately, she uncovered, or they uncovered, some of these pedophiles hidden within. The American University Psychology Chair, Dr. McGinnis, was charged with child sex abuse, was also a nudist. Senator George Mitchell with Epstein in 1980 and 1985. And then you had American University president, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, he was caught with child, child sex phone calls. Here Dr. Reisman is on Jerry Falwell's show, okay, discussing the images of children, crime, and violence. Please advise all staff that the report should not be duplicated or sent through the mails. That's how dangerous and how, how detrimental to the government this report really was, and they wanted to stop it, and they eventually shut her down. So essentially, they've been grooming pedophiles, and Dr. Reisman made a most appealing target for discrediting. 
because she'd gotten too close. They had to go after her, had to discredit her. They made her unemployed for several years, okay? They had charged the media coalition between $50,000 and $75,000 a month to target her, to discredit her for exposing what was really going on. So let's talk about the current condition. You're going to see some years prior to up till now. So Dr. Reisman shows up on the Phil Donahue show. You can go to YouTube and look this up and see what she said. Now, she did force Phil Donahue to put up table 34. He didn't want to. She's sitting there on a panel with um, one of his colleagues who laughed when she called them pedophiles and said, well, they were trained observers. That was what he determined was a pedophile and a rapist for these children. They were just trained observers. So you have the mass media now, right, producing this. You can still get your copies of this book, but now you have Liam Neeson, Neeson going out, and he's portraying Kinsey as a great guy in the movie, okay? They, they, they highlight him. They revere him as this greatest guy. IU now has a statute of this pervert sitting right off the institute. He's sitting there at a, at a, in, a, in a chair, and he has like a tablet, like he's doing his sex research, his questionnaire, okay? They do. They revere this man. So you can see here in 1968, the Institute for the Advanced Study of Sexual uh, Human Sexuality started grooming the sex experts, okay? Sexual attitude restructuring. All these pictures and things they're starting to see. Okay, in 1964, you had sex ed grooms, the pedophiles. The great library of the Kinsey Institute was formed. This is where it gets interesting. Because Kinsey Institute left out one detail intentionally, and that was sex education. And this is where SECUS was formed. SECUS stands for Sex Information Education Council of the U.S. It was set up by a former medical director named Mary Calderon with Playboy Money. So you have pornography feeding into a former medical director of Planned Parenthood, and they are now teaching the children sex in the schools. So in 1967, she determined there are no authorities, believe me, in this field. We're not experts. But I will tell you, if you read the book, Seek a Circle, if you're lucky enough to get your hands on it, it's about a 450-page book. It's incredible because the author... Claire Chambers exposes all of this. They knew what they were doing when they set that institute or when they set up uh, SECUS. So interestingly, they go from not being sex experts from 1967 to 1985. We are now sex authorities. And this is what's pushing the sexual perversion into our schools. Then you started having professors and staff being arrested on trading in child pornography and rape. My phone, I get Google alerts every night. I know we talked about Google, I get it. But I get alerts every night about eight o'clock and my phone just blows up constantly. Legislator arrested, child rape, child pornography. It's nonstop. But initially they, they were exposing these guys, okay? They're grooming pedophiles. Professors, staff, legislators, it doesn't matter. We have, we have pastors, unfortunately. They're all being groomed for this, okay? Then the U.S. Department of Education in 2010 put out this statistic. 10% of students, targets of educator of sexual misconduct, up, up to 40% of those were female. 
We have a teacher up north in Indiana that just put out an article, a textual digital article that was nothing educational whatsoever. It was an article about being overweight and sex in every perversion. Had homosexual sex, heterosexual sex referenced, pornography, orgasm, had all of it referenced in this article. So they're being groomed in the, in the schools. And you wouldn't think certain teachers would do it, but they are. Now you can get it all kinds of degrees in gender studies. And that's what this certificate highlights. So they're trying to pass informed consent laws and lower the age of consent for children. Well, the brain is not capable of chil in children of making those informed decisions. But it doesn't matter because they're advocating that children become extremely sexually active. Now we have multiple books that we're finding. We're keeping lists. We, had, we analyzed 12 books this year. Um, and many of them were pornographic picture books. We found them in schools and the public libraries. We actually took the one and left it at the state house, our team did, for two weeks, because we've been trying to target our law, our law and overturn our obscenity exemption. But now I've got a friend of mine who's going into libraries, and I won't say where, but they're going in and they're finding all this pornography in the public library. Any child has a library card, can check out any book. You need to be aware of that because these books are grooming children for all kinds of sexual perversion. So what happened? Well, 43 states ab ab uh, adopted these obscenity exemptions. Despite the harmful minors, harmful to minors in anti-grooming acts, um, they now have all these books, right? This particular book, how many of you have heard of about uh, It's Perfectly Normal? A few of you. This was a book that I found early on in my study, and it, it teaches the kids all kinds of sexual perversion. To sexually addict children lowest, lowers the sexual inhibitions. It's all right to have sex with adults. Boys and girls do the same thing. Sexually arouse children as in it's perfectly normal. Okay, Desensitize children to sex and sex acts. How to masturbate, oral sex, intercourse. Offense common, offenders commonly use pornographic images of children to arouse their victims. This is why we have a lot of teachers that are now being labeled as pedophiles, because they're grooming the children. Okay, They expose them to sexual acts before they are naturally curious. This book is geared for 10 and up. This is one in, in, in three in a series. The other ones are even younger ages. I think the youngest one is for three or four-year-olds. Okay, so now we have this drastic increase, right, of rape, object penetration, and unwanted fondling. Okay, from the ages of 11 all the way up to 17, it comes back down. But you can see the escalation in these statistics. This was re reported um, in 2013 and 2014. Okay, you can see the explosion in middle school and high school. This guy look familiar? They're talking about the Pentagon child pornography investigation because they were finding even people within the Pentagon had thousands and thousands of child pornography images on their computers. Here we have uh, Governor Cuomo, right, signing the 
Reproductive Health Act. You guys remember that? When he signed the uh, uh, Reproductive Health Act in, in New York, where they could murder uh, abortions, I think it went up to right before birth, right? That was a huge deal when he signed that in because people were really upset. But this is what happens. When you sexually groom children, then you have the satanic abortion network, right? The more abortions they have, the more satanic sacrifice they can have. So is porn a public health crisis? 16 states have said yes, and they've passed resolutions determining that. We are actually trying to work on one in Indiana. Romans 4, 14, 10 through 12, for we all will stand before the judgment seat of God, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Now, what do we have? Now we have cancel Netflix, right? Remember that a few years ago? Now we have Amazon coming out with daddy's little slut t-shirts for girls. Okay. Now you have cult a cultural contagion. He's heroed on Time Magazine. Now you have National Geographic putting out uh, gender re revolution pictures of children. This is child abuse. Now you have gender confusion. It takes money to be a fake woman, right? There's lots and lots of money to be made in the whole transgender confusion industry. Chopping off children's body parts, that's satanic. There's no other way to look at it. And I will tell you, the more you expose the transgender movement, I was telling somebody about this a little bit ago, the more you, under, you, you expose the transgenders, for whatever reason, you get the demons. I've worked hard at trying to expose the transgenders and what they're doing to our children. And every time I do, because we have teachers up north in Indiana that are out celebrating at bars with transgenders, laughing it up. We have a transgender that was going into the second grade classroom in South Bend, thinking it was funny that he was confusing second grade children. He's dressed as a woman, right? But he has a deep voice. When you expose them, you get the demons like none other. I've had them come after me, make threats. They've doxed my, my home address. They will come after you. Because you're essentially attacking their livelihood. Okay? They're going after the children, but they're also being supported by big pharma and big tech. Okay? They're all in in the transgender push. Because there's big money in it to destroy children. Now you've got egg freezing and ovary womb transplants, transgenderism refill, re, re, reframed, right? You've got them experimenting on children. Many states, thankfully now, are, are pushing laws to stop this. Indiana was one of them, and I'm very thankful for that. It was led by a medical doctor, and I'm very thankful that he was able to get that passed. But essentially, this is a sex industrial complex. You have big pharma, big porn, and big sexology. They're all working hand in hand to destroy men, again, and to destroy the family. Because that's how they're gonna take America down from within. At least that's what they believe. Our God has other plans. So essentially, they're grooming these pedophiles across the globe, thanks to Kinsey. Uh, pornography industry actually sued Dr. Reisman in Croatia. They didn't have the courage to do that here because they knew they'd lose. Because in Croatia, they did lose. She won, she had all the backing. She had all the statistics, she had all the research, and she actually begged the pornography industry to sue her in America. 
because she knew she could go after the Alfred Kinsey Institute and take it down, and they wouldn't do it. This was a cartoon that's actually put in the Indianapolis Star. And in 1995, they actually said this. Table 34 that we talked about earlier could become a major talking point of the presidential campaign. They knew how imperative that Table 34 was and how strong of a statement that would be if that were to come out. And so they were trying desperately not to let it happen. So what happened? This is our former Attorney General Curtis Hill. He was um, in a private meeting with Dr. Reisman and, and several of us, um, pastors, legislators, and whatnot in 2019. He got removed from office because George Soros started dumping millions of dollars into races, Attorney General races, to oust them because they were protecting women and children. And that is what happened with Curtis. He's now running for governor, but what just happened to Paxton in Texas? They just went after him too, right? A lot of that was the Bush family. But I would have no doubt that there was probably George Soros money involved. So now we have a Supreme Court, right? Educational law to lead the way to re-educate doctors, legislators, teachers, priests, lawyers, prosecutors, judges, and get to the Supreme Court. How many of these people are compromised? Probably a lot. So now, 1975, or yeah, 1995, sorry, Dr. Reisman worked on trying to pass an HR 2749, which was a call to have the Kinsey Institute investigated, and it did not happen. There were nearly 50 legislators in DC that signed on to this law, or this bill, but they didn't, it didn't move anywhere, it didn't go anywhere, because the Kinsey Institute is so protected, as well as Alfred Kinsey and the legacy that he's left there, and because so many officials in our government were involved in covering up his crimes, okay? There was an initiative to try and stop the Kinsey Institute. Unfortunately, it did not go anywhere, but I will tell you, our team worked really hard this year and God was on the move because we worked with a freshman legislator and for the first time after many years ago, trying then and it didn't happen, we were able to defund the Kenzie Institute once and for all. I will just give you a glimpse real quick of what happened. The day that passed, what happened was our, our budget year was this year. So we kept, uh, we held the, we held, she held the um, um, amendment back. We wanted to put it on the budget. She held the amendment back, put it forth, uh, and it came to a second reading on the floor. And I will just tell you, People think Indiana is a red state. We're a red state, but it doesn't stand for conservative. It stands for communism. And so what happened was when she presented her, her um, amendment, she called for a roll call vote. And boy, was that the wrong thing to do. They didn't want to go on record for defunding the Kinsey Institute or not defunding the Kinsey Institute. And so what happened? They overwhelmingly passed it, but the representative, the, st the state representative from Bloomington got up to the podium and railed on her. She stood her ground as a freshman legislator. I was extremely proud of her. But what happened next is the Speaker of the House, GOP, got down off his high horse. He goes over to her and he starts railing on her in the middle of the assembly. 
And if that wasn't bad enough, he then called her into his office the next morning and railed on her again. And what I ask is, are you for children? Are you against children? There's no, there's no gray area. Well, I think it became very clear where he actually stood. So now, the Kinsey Reporter survey. So now they have an app on your phone. Anybody, any pedophile, any rapist, any groomer across the world can download the Kinsey Reporter app on their phone. And they can take the survey, same kind of survey that Kinsey was doing back then, and they can report their statistics back to the Institute. It's still up, it's still operational. I have it on my phone because I go in there periodically just to check and see. But they knew when they rolled this out that they had to beef up security because at that point the FBI wasn't so corrupt, apparently. And they had to beef up security because they didn't want them finding out. Well, it's out there now, but nothing's being done about it. So any pedophile, any rapist, any, any um, deviant across the globe just goes into the reporter app and reports their statistics back to the Kinsey Institute and it's all anonymous. So they're illegally training and grooming more pedophiles. So here's a list of Dr. Reisman's books. I encourage you all to go to her website, the Reisman Institute, and get those. They're incredibly um, great to have on hand and to resource, okay? Stolen Honor, Stolen Innocence is a lot of um, statistics. Sexual Sabotage is the first one I read. Kinsey's Sex and Fraud is actually the one, the first book she published that actually got her onto the Phil Donahue show. And that book is a gold mine. If you can get your hands on a copy of it, I encourage you to do so. Our friend actually wrote Between the Covers. That exposes a lot of the books that we're now, we're now finding for children. And these books are so dumbed down. They're, they're, most of them are written at a fourth grade level, if that, using all kinds of foul language, which everybody's asking, how in the children, why in the world are the children using such foul language in the schools? Well, if they're reading these books, they're loaded with it. In fact, I had a state senator call me um, as we were having the battle over the obscenity exemption in Indiana, and he said, Rhonda, I need you to send me the, the, the um, breakdown that you did for Senator Toms. And I said, fine, I'll send it to you. He goes, I went to my library, and I checked out some of those books that were on that list. He goes, I couldn't get past all the language in them. And I said, Senator, they're all like that. I mean, it's not a surprise. He was shocked. He's an older man. He was shocked because he had no idea. But they're all like that. These are two powerful documentaries. How many of you, has anybody seen The Mind Polluters? No, wow, okay. So The Mind Polluters. <laughs> so The Mind Polluters is an incredible documentary that really exposes all of this, in not only the sexual perversion, but the indoctrination. Because what you need to understand is social emotional learning that your kids are all getting in schools They'll tell you they're not teaching it, but they really are. Social emotional learning. When that first started surfacing, and I started doing my research on MK Ultra, I actually picked up the phone and I called Dr. Reisman and I said, Judith, MK Ultra didn't end in the 70s, did it? It went underground and is resurfacing in our schools under social emotional learning. And she said, You, my dear, are 100% correct because that is what they're doing. And I want to break it down for you because the schools are very deviant when it's brought up to them about social emotional learning. Let's break the words down and I'll tell you what they mean. Social, let's take the first word social. Well, what does that mean? Well, according to Seekus, their motto is sex ed for social change. That's what they want. They want social restructuring 
through the cultural revolution, right? They want a cultural shift. Well, everybody's seeing it happen, but nobody can put their finger on where it's coming from. Well, how are they doing that? Well, they're, they're emotionally manipulating the children in the classrooms. And a lot of it is built around this LGBT agenda, okay? Well, how are they doing that? Well, through the learning, through curriculum, lessons, propaganda. They'll put all this propaganda up in the classrooms and in the hallways. You'll see the LGBT pride flag, right? It's all propaganda as part of their learning so that they can be emotionally manipulated into creating that social change. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's essentially what's going on with social emotional learning. And they incorporate, they won't tell you this, they tell you it's not true, they will incorporate the tenets of critical race theory. They're not teaching the theory itself, but they're incorporating the tenets of it and this comprehensive sex ed. So it's all meshing together through the social emotional learning program. And I will tell you in, in Indiana, in 2001, Lilly, the pharmaceutical company headquartered in Indianapolis, so we've got big pharma in Indiana, joined forces with the Gates, the Gates Foundation and started transforming social emotional learning in Indiana to bring all of this in. I did all the research after I filed a FOIA with our local school because they passed a referendum that involved mental health counselors. And I will tell you, if you haven't read the 45 communist goals, you should, you've got a copy of them now. The mental health push is part of the communist agenda. You need to understand that. And the mental health push goes hand in hand with social emotional learning. The, the mandate is there to increase the need for, for mental health in our children. But when you're giving them the lessons and the articles and the things to read that I've seen, they're creating mental problems in children intentionally because then they get on the psychotropic drugs through big pharma. But I want you to understand, go back to MKUltra. When Kinsey and all of them were working with MKUltra and the CIA was working with MKUltra, thanks to Operation Paperclip, if you don't know what that is, I encourage you to look it up. They were providing, Lily was providing the LSD for those experiments. So it's no wonder Lily's now providing social emotional learning into the schools so that they can make money on the backside with all these psychotropic drugs. Make sense? So the same filmmakers that produced the mind polluters, I encourage you to go on to fearlessfeatures.org and you can, re you can uh, watch this uh, film. Uh, they also produced Dysphoria. And Dysphoria is going to be red carpeted premiered next Friday in Noblesville, Indiana at Life Church. Dysphoria is exposing this whole transgender agenda, but it doesn't take the twist that most people would think. I've seen it, and I had chills down my spine because here's what they did. These filmmakers are friends of mine. They live in Indiana. They took the whole transgender push with three personal stories one out of Florida, one out of Colorado, and one out of Texas. And they tied it to Antifa. They tied it to communism. They tied it to the World, Health, uh, World Economic Forum, the WEF. They tied it to all of those guys. And so what I want you to understand, when this film goes out across the nation, you need to go watch it because it's very eye-opening. Because remember the chant of all of these uh, uh, LGBT in, the, in the, I think it was in New York, the parade, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. Well, they weren't, they weren't kidding. They really are. And that's included in this film. 
So I'm really excited about that. Um, that rolls out next week um, at a red carpet event. And then lastly, I would tell you that um, you can go to our website. You can follow us on Facebook, on Telegram. These are two magazines from The New American. I really encourage you to pick up and, and purchase. You can get them online. I meant to bring copies with me, so I apologize for that. But you can order them through the John Birch Society. These two magazines are a wealth of information on saving and rescuing the children. We've got to get them out of the system. You heard uh, one of the guys talk earlier today about getting church, uh, churches stepping up and forming schools. That's what we need. We need parents linking arms with other parents. If you can't bring, pull your kids out, we need to help you and get those kids out of there. That is what we need. And I will tell you, as I've traveled our state, the American spirit is alive and well. That has been the best thing, the most fun thing I've watched through all of this. Because when they realize the danger and the harm their, their children are in in the schools, they're willing to, to, to take the measures. But we have to get the churches realizing that we've got to open up those doors. Most of them sit empty most of the week, right? Why? Why? We need to get them to understand that's what we've got to do to save the kids. The government schools are too far gone. They knew what they were doing when they set up the government schools. And they're accomplishing exactly the task. So we need to get back to the basics, back to uh, biblical education, right? And I think the family and the churches are the, are the ways to go. I'll leave you with this. This is Dr. Reisman. She said in one of the documentaries, it's happening on our watch. If we don't do something about it, it's all of us that carry that guilt. We are all responsible. That's one thing we've heard the last two days a lot, right? We all have a place in this battle. We all have a place in this fight. The Nia, I talk about the Nehemiah story when I go and speak. We all have a place on the wall to rebuild. Rebuild your home, rebuild your community, and then link arms with those next to you and help them rebuild theirs. We are seeing that happen. And I'm very excited to see God moving in that way. Because guys, I do think we can turn this around. I really do. With God's help and God's grace, I do think that we can turn it around. And then I will leave you with this. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those that believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Amen. So I do have something. Have you, do you guys have a copy? I did bring these up here. Do you guys have a copy? Can we just give a couple away? I was going to give them to you and Scott. Oh, wow. Well, I've seen it. Do you have a copy of it? I don't have a copy. Scott, would you like a copy of the Mind Polluters? You got a couple books over here. Thank you. Hey guys, we did, I did bring, real quick, if I can, real quick, um, a friend of mine, a very dear friend of mine, Audrey Warner, um, she lives in Texas. She wrote this book. She's a former, um, well, she's a health nurse, but she was a former sex educator from the health department. She was actually going in, she was trained on how to go in and teach kids about sex. And then she realized the damage that she was actually doing. And so she wrote this book. If you're interested in it, they're $20, um, but it, it's, it's uh, 10 tips on how not to talk to your kids about sex. It's an incredible resource. So if you're interested, just see me later. You're going to stay up here for just, just a second. Um, I think we're are doing a little round table. Okay. So, um, so kudos to all of you who left. Um, on my show, I did on, Michelle and I did two shows on this uh, with Alfred Kinsey. 
On my first show, we were about 45 minutes in, and in the chat, I had a lot of people um, leave, and I pulled a Scott, and I, I heard that there were some people that didn't want the uh, pamphlets. Some people might have walked out. Shame on you. I'm pulling a Scott. Shame on you, because these kids are having their genitals cut off, and you can't sit here for 45 stinking minutes to see what they're doing. Don't talk to me about you coming here getting your deliverance from some little, oh, you feel fat today, when some kid is being molested. You came here to get deliverance, to get the demons out of yourself, but your selfishness, no offense, because these kids are being molested. And while you're looking at the porn, these kids are being molested. Their childhood is being utterly destroyed by the devil. And you can't sit here for one second? You don't want the pamphlets? What is wrong with this? What is wrong with us? And yeah, I went off on some of my, my viewers. And I had some come back and say, Leah, I just had to step away for a minute. And I watched the rest later. Okay, because I really hate offending the people who are in my chat all the time. Uh, Scott doesn't mind. Okay, and so I understand that it's hard, but it's way harder to be molested by an adult. What Alfred Kinsey did, so if you guys want to watch some of the video clips, the, the, the Phil Donahue clip, the Alfred Kinsey clip, she, she literally just scratched the surface on what they did. I'm telling you, Alfred Kinsey had a sex addict Okay, where he literally had everybody on his team. You, you guess what? The guy. The, what does this tell you? The people who were he had on his team doing the sexology. Do you know you could not be a heterosexual Christian? To on his study, you couldn't be on his team that did the study. You couldn't. You could not be a heterosexual Christian. And the only heterosexual on in on the team came out later and said, Alfred Kinsey came and propositioned him and he left the team. So the whole team were all, and they were ugly. You got to see their pictures. Like my, my, like you're like some old cranky, ugly grandma. Like, I'm like, what are you people doing? And they're having, what they did is they filmed porn together and all kinds of nasty, just horrible things they did. And he was into masochism and hurting each other. Like, and that's what she just, I don't think she, you, it might've went in one ear and out the other, but he killed himself by messing with himself. Like he legit did. Okay. He went to hell that way. So, um, this, when we recognize the evil of it, it's, it's actually easier to not touch it. Okay. Cause you're like, I don't want to have anything to do with that. And that's like when Jason was realizing like, whoa, that that's like fornication. Like that's like legit. Like that's when you put it together with Alfred Kinsey saying that everybody does these things, um, we're going to do a roundtable. So John and um, who do we need? Brian and Alicia and John and Jason. You, you get to. I'm just kidding. Yes, this is, this is you. I'm going to actually just give the mic to you, Scott, and you do what you need to do now. We're doing a roundtable. Okay. Check, 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 check. Well, actually, I'd like check, to know your check, thoughts check, on the check. presentation. Check, check, that's, check. That's my first question. I think, I think truly reality is hard in our culture to face. And I think that this topic Leah, is one that we've too long brushed under. I don't get a chair. I don't get a chair. You guys get a chair. 
Oh, do I? Okay. So I, I think that you sure can. I think that um, we, we've become a pretty soft culture. And I think that it's easy to turn the TV off and watch, walk away from what we don't want to see or shut the computer off. You know, they say that in World War II, there wasn't a lot of PTSD. And there's two reasons, and they've studied it well. One is the time of travel that they had together as, a, as soldiers. So they had time to decompress after the war, which was basically by ship. But there was another reason. The other reason is most of the kids in World War II worked on a farm. Mm -hmm. So they saw death. They saw slaughter because it was part of a life, cycle of life. But they also understood what injustice looked like, which created a ferocious soldier when they saw some of the inhumanity that was being waged upon people by the Nazis. The problem we have here is we've misidentified some of this and we keep trying to soften this with rainbow colors, which is literally rainbows and unicorns and all this other nonsense. You're dealing with the Nazis under a rainbow flag. Yep. Okay. And they've understood very clearly that the way you conquer a culture is you conquer the children. Mm -hmm. And so if you can traumatize the children, MK Ultra came from Operation Paperclip, which came from the Nazis. They brought it over here and sanctioned it under the CIA. Under the CIA, they were then given complete autonomy to develop this and use this. And today, with the combination which was, which was first rolled out under Common Core, which dislodges reality and truth in the brain. Then you go to critical race theory, which establishes guilt. And then you go to queer theory, which now gives them an alternate identity to choose another path, which is always about the same thing of destroying the children. And as a culture and as a nation, we have stood very apathetically by as this nightmare has rolled in and our children are being dissected and mutilated and drugs are being passed about. And so it is an emotional issue for, and it should be an outrageously response issue from a nation that has become very comfortable in being able to turn the other cheek and walk away. That metaphor of turn the other cheek does not apply to when we have to face truth. So what I would say is that while I understand that some of these topics are uncomfortable, uncomfortable Truth does not say that it's not, that it's always going to be comfortable. Truth does not coat itself in vanilla icing. And truth sometimes is a bitter pill that we have to face in order to put our eyes more truly on the cross. Lincoln, Lincoln. Okay, so you mentioned the, um, the kids on the farms in the 40s. So in Alfred Kinsey's book, he said that 50% of boys on um, farms had had sex with animals. And that's part of our penal code. When they're, when they're changing the penal code, they viewed that as real data. Sex with animals was a big thing for Alfred Kinsey. You'll ask him. So I want to ask, um, ask John, when you saw this presentation and when you saw us do the shoe shows, um, what did you think? And when you, when you and Stacy were talking about it afterwards, what, what went through your mind? Wow. Um, well, we made we made the wrong decision to we, we actually were eating a late dinner at the time, so there was that. Uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't finish eating, so 
we we did uh, push through it, and it took us a while to talk about it, but we talked about it because we had ended up finding out, and we've talked with Samantha, she's okay with us sharing this. We ended up finding out that Samantha had been molested in her crib. And you didn't know it until they all watched that show and she just burst out. She, yeah, yes. Because um, she was watching the show at the same time yeah, and at her house. And so her and Stacy actually know. We heard it. She talked she to you told guys. us in a group, and then and that's how they didn't. She them. didn't tell her parents. She said they it in like in a group, knew. and her parents yeah. were like, "Wait, what? You were molested?" Yeah. So um, that tore me up. I I broke down. How could I have let that happen on my watch? My child in a crib, and we just you know obviously you want to try and figure out what, who, how. Um, 33 years ago. 33 years ago, yeah. But, John, isn't there something more... There's a powerful part, and if you don't mind me sharing this, because Samantha's one of our best friends. Um, Samantha says that when she was in her crib, she saw Jesus. She remembers seeing Jesus, and she remembers feeling safe and feeling loved and feeling protected. And there's something really powerful about that. And when she got older and she heard from all of her friends who had been molested, and they had not had that experience, and she remembers she felt so sorry for them. She feels sorry for them because, wait, you mean not every child that was molested had Jesus come and visit them in the crib? Earlier today, if you guys remember, John said that um, Stacy had seen Jesus in a vision at night. And told and, them to move to Florida. And they are corresponding that, that it was probably the exact same night and they just found this out about three or four weeks ago before coming to Bard's Fest to share this with you guys. I'm telling you what, the Holy Spirit is moving and he is ready. And if you are here tonight and you are ready for God to unpack a lot of this trauma in your family, he will do for you what he has done for them. Hey, Rhonda, so I would like you to tell people how um, you became Ju Dr. Judith Reisman's uh, kind of protege. So I had been doing some deep dives into um, education, started with Common Core, um, and then stumbled on sex education. And through my initial research, I ordered her book, Sex Sexual Sabotage, and read that and was floored. I had no idea. I'm a, I'm a born and raised Hoosier. I had no idea that Indiana is responsible for this monster. Um, and then finding out my tax dollars were paying for it um, really infuriated me. Um, and then I ended up at a national conference um, on the West Coast, and she sat behind me. And um, she was an amazing woman, absolutely amazing. She had a very personal reason as to why she fought this battle, um, because her own daughter was um, raped by the neighbor boy who had been reading his dad's pornography magazines. And so it caused tremendous trauma in her daughter. And Her daughter so, was 10. Yeah. And so her, she, sent, she went on this path of trying to find out why, because as she was making phone calls, as she's grieving and she's angry and she's making phone calls, she kept hearing the phrase of children are sexual from birth and coming from family and friends. And so she, um, she started doing the research, and that's when she found Alfred Kenzie. And she made it her life mission um, 
to expose that man and to expose the institute. Um, and then she eventually started exposing some in the government because they were involved in the cover-up, right? Um, but I will tell you, that woman was a warrior um, like, I, like I've never seen. She um, just died a couple years ago, and um, she died. You get emotional. She had just fired off an email to protect children, and she died at her desk. Whoa. Yeah. I had just talked to her two days before, and... Um, she was she she fought till the very end wow. trying to protect children you guys have to see the videos of that yeah praise god michelle i want to ask you a question when we wa when we watch these videos uh, that uh, we've seen together the playboy hustler penthouse um why do you think the cartoons are in there so the cartoons are in there to normalize pedophilia they're in there to normalize pedophilia between adults and children and you would think that that meant for adults to feel like it's normal to have sex with children. The cartoons are in there because when children open up a magazine and they see pictures of naked people, that's not going to be the first thing that attracts them. The first thing that attracts them is going to be the cartoon. And in the cartoon, they're going to see depicted a child having sexual relations with an adult, and it's going to normalize it. So every time you've ever opened up a Playboy or a Hustler or any of these trash satanic, vile magazines. You need to know that the whole and sole intention of them was to get to the children, to give them and offer them up as satanic sacrifices to adults. If I could real quick, um, and Scott would probably say this too, when a child, anybody really, but when a child sees an image like that, it's with them for life. And they know that, and that's why they're targeting them that way. Without the Holy Spirit. Jason, um, maybe you could talk about being um, exposed to pornography and kind of what led you down that path, if you can make any correlate. You've made some correlations. Um, I mean, it, it's so common. I mean, I remember going and visiting my brother who was in the Army, Fort Irwin, we'd fly into Vegas. You walk down the street at night, they'll give you, back then, they had little playing cards. And they're giving it to kids. It didn't matter the age. And there was a pile at the trash can that they would clean up. And all these things were happening. So that desensitization that we go through. And that's what, as you get that, it just gets worse and worse. And that's where what we're doing with this whole thing is we're isolating the target. When you know the target, you pinpoint and you destroy it. That's why I'm telling my testimony. That's why I'm just saying, for me, I'm telling my story because we want to destroy this because I don't want my kids to continue in a society that has a, I don't want my grandkids to grow up in a society and be born in a society. It needs to be eradicated. And that spirit of the bonding spirit needs to be dealt with. And it's not the kids. When you're seeing, like I literally came up here and she goes, you know, it was, you were the target when I sat down next to her. She said, they were after you. And it's something, Michelle and Leah, as we're going through this, it's not the kid's fault. Mm -hmm. It's not the kid's fault. It's not God's fault. Evil men that were possessed by demonic people chose to do this to our children. And we got to realize and we got to deal with the demonic spirit and influence and we have we have people that are showing us the pinpoint accuracy 
And now we need to come up with a strategy to destroy it and send it to the lake of fire and not have this affect our kids anymore. So, amen. Alicia, um, I know it's a vulnerable question on your birthday. Okay, this is how I want to spend my birthday. But actually, you guys are crazy enough that this is what you would want to do on your birthday. Uh, it's like skydiving. Um, so, I don't know if you want to be vulnerable in how you were a victim of this and how you took what the devil intended for evil and turned around for good. Yeah, so... Um, you know, when, when I was a kid, I had a best friend, and that best friend had a father. And her father molested me from the time I was 11 until the time I was 16. And, um, you know, it took me, uh, I didn't understand that. I didn't know Jesus then. And I always felt like, because this is how the enemy works, I always felt like it was my fault. And so... You know, what happens when you're, when, when you're hurt that way as a kid is that you lose respect for adults and you lose respect for yourself. And then you just go down this road of self-sabotage. And that's what happened to me. And it wasn't until I came into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that I started understanding how important forgiveness is. And even though I knew it was what the Lord wanted me to do, it was not something that came easily. And I remember being at an Isaiah 61 conference, and I remember Jess Parker standing up there and saying, you know, forgiving, hold, you know, holding in forgiveness, you know, it causes this, this, and this. And, and all the while the Lord is speaking to me, and he's saying, I need you to let this go. I need you to forgive. I want to heal you. And I was just, I just had my arms crossed, and I was just like, nope, 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 this ain't happening today. And the Lord is saying, this needs to happen today. And really what, what the Lord did in me is he said, he basically gave me a choice and he said, he exposed the demonic aspect of it. And what he said was, he said, daughter, do you want your will in my life, in your life, or do you want my will in your life? And I was on vacation at that time. I went to that conference on my vacation days, by the way, you know, and I was like, right, you know, and I was, and I was like, well... I'm here on my vacation, so I'm thinking I want your will a little bit more than I want my own because, you know, I'm here on my vacation. <laughs> and so he said, you know, forgiveness is just you saying that you want my will in your life mm -hmm. more than you want your own because we want to hold those things in. But as long as we hold them in, the devil has access to them and he uses them against us. And so, you know, I, so, so I broke and I said, God, I, I want your will in my life. And so the Lord allowed me to really receive, give forgiveness and then receive forgiveness. And in the meantime, he healed my heart and he showed me it wasn't my fault. He showed me that it wasn't be, the way the enemy had told me, it's the way you dress, it's the way you talk, it's the way you this, it's the way you that, right? And so I, I, it just contributed to everything I'd already gone through in my life. And so when I made that peace with the Lord and I just said, God, I really want your will more than I want my own. And I just cried and just said, God, help me to forgive. I want to forgive him. I wanted to. And the Lord said, that's what I need. I just need you to want to. And then he said, do you want to know why he did to you what he did to you? <sighs> And I did not know how to answer that question. Did I really want to know why he did what he did? And the Lord said, you do want to know, and, and I'm going to show you. And he showed me him as a little boy. 
And he did to me what he did because somebody did it to him. And that's how this works. It just gets passed down from generation to generation to generation. And if we can't sit and listen to the truth, I know it's hard. Nobody wants to sit and listen to how our society is being groomed into this nastiness of hell. Nobody wants to sit and listen about children being wounded and children being hurt and scarred. And some of them will have to carry scars to the grave. Nobody wants to listen to that. But if we don't know, we can't change it. We have to know. We have to be educated. We have to be informed. And we have to realize that there is an enemy out there. And it's not these people that we're showing pictures of up on the screen. This is a spiritual war. We are fighting a spiritual battle. What happened to me, my enemy is not my best friend's daddy. My enemy is the demonic activity that grabbed a hold of him as a little boy and had control of his life probably until the day that he hit the grave, right? So I just chose to let that go because I want Jesus in my life more than I want anything else. And so I chose to forgive and I chose to let it go. And because I did that, God now uses what I went through, what the devil meant for my destruction. He uses it for his glory. But you, and, and that can be true for all of us, right? But we have to recognize that this war will not be won just by exposing who's behind the evil. Because it's not just them, it's the enemy. It is the adversary. And this war, if we're really going to conquer what's going on, if we're going to conquer the evil in our society that's attacking our children, and my kids are all grown, by the way, but I've got grandkids that are coming up in the system Thank God we we started a school on our church campus, and so all the grandkids are there, and that's wonderful. But if we're really going to fight this, it starts on our knees, you guys. It starts on our knees crying out for God to come and help us fight the real enemy, which is the devil. We've got to start there. Then we start praying for exposure. Then we start praying. Really, we should start praying for their eyes to be opened because if their eyes are open, if God will expose the truth to them, if they can step out of the deception that they're living in, this whole thing could just be squashed, honestly. Oh, because the heart of the Father is that none should perish. No, not one, not even them. And so if we can start praying from that angle, from that spiritual truth of God even wants them saved and start getting on our knees and crying out for that, then that will start trickling down and our, our kids won't have to grow up in this mess. Amen. Hey, uh, Brian, what, is, uh, what are some steps that people could take to walk people through healing from this? Oh, wait, you, go ahead. So we all are getting this. It's a spiritual battle. And for us to have the appropriate weapons and the armor, and to be in the body of armor, we need to be righteous. And so when we get down and pray, and we're praying for justice for people, and we have this, you know, we, we want justice. But what we really need to be praying for is that we're in alignment with the assignment. And in order to be aligned with his assignment, we have to be righteous. We need to repent for doing nothing. We need to repent. I need to repent 
for knowing that my best friends had been, you know, had pornographic magazines since they were 10 and not doing anything about it. Never ever saying anything to, en to either one of my best friends the entire time and never sharing my story with them and how one of them never could get married. He just kept getting divorced. The other one is, God help him. I, 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 I pray for him. But this is a this is a real this is a real spiritual battle, and we need to face it from a spiritual angle. Of we need to be righteous, righteous enough to raise the dead means we have to be repentant. Wow, that's good, John. <clears throat> you know, we've talked to a lot of people. We've prayed with thousands of people. And we've definitely found that over the years, at least 90% of the people that we pray with have been abused in one way or another. Sexual abuse is one of the highest things that we see. And, you know, they come in with these stories. And a lot of the times they come in, I hope this, you know, they say, you know, I hope this doesn't shock you. And the sad thing is, it doesn't anymore. And that's our society. And... It's the uncles, it's the aunts, it's the cousins, it's the brothers, it's the sisters, it's the teachers, it's the pastors. It's endless, guys. We have been groomed in a way that it's just become so normal. You know, as a child growing up, I mean, most men can attest, we got to see a playboy, maybe a penthouse in the boys' clubhouse growing up. That was the extent of pornography growing up. Now... All you got to do is turn on your phone. You can watch a full movie, and they don't even charge you for it. I think somebody made a made a quip about that, something about they charge for water, but they don't charge for pornography. Tell me something's not wrong there. You know, it. hearing Alicia speak about what she went through, and I've talked to a handful of you today about it, getting to that place of unforgiveness where there is no more emotion, there's no more pain, that's when you know your heart is right and you have forgiven to the extent that now you can walk somebody else through that same freedom. Is it easy to get there? Not always. But it's, you have to get to that place where you can be free enough to help somebody else go th walk through what you've been through. I've been through it. She's been through it. I'm betting most of this panel has been through it. And I'm betting if I had you show hands out there, Probably most of you have been through it. But it's a matter of, again, it's a spiritual battle, folks. These people, we have so many that come in and we go through the unforgiveness process and you ask them, do you have any unforgiveness towards God? And they look at you like, what are you talking about? And I go, well, think about it. How's your relationship with God? Nah. Well, that's probably not a very good relationship. But what they've done is they've blamed God for their abuse. And we tell them every single time, God was there every single time, telling those attackers, do not do this. And they're choosing their will over God's will. And people go, huh, yeah, guess I never thought about it that way. We're fighting a spiritual battle here, folks, beyond measure, and it's only going to increase. So us getting the freedom that we need to help others is so imperative right now because it is going to be an onslaught of people that are going to need our help.
So I have a question here, Scott. I want to target this at you here. You know, Brian, you just mentioned something about how when you were a kid, it was just the penthouse. It was just the magazine. It was just this. And you ever try to stop a door with your foot so you can get in? That's what the hustler in the penthouse was. It was just that foot hold, okay, to get in. But it's the same thing as the stuff that we're seeing that's readily available right here, okay? So Scott, coming from the, that era of, oh, it's just this, it was just that, it's just this. How do we make the connection so that people can understand that you, when you went through that, when you looked at the magazine in your dad's bathroom, right? How do we make the connection from that to now we've got, we're watching kitty porn active online? An enemy doesn't, isn't going to take territory all at once. And a good enemy, this is, a, this is an unconventional war, is going to take territory with a foothold first. And then what they're going to do is they're going to keep wearing you down. And what they're doing with it is that each generation then sees it as a little more normal. More people affect by it. And then it becomes normal. And the people that are against it are those crazy Christians or something like that. And that's pretty much where we are. We're in a place right now where we've moved in an acceleration with, with the Internet to distribute pornography and create those footholds, but it's not just pornography. It's the advertising agencies, which are really huge in this, and we don't talk enough about it. Because actual, advertising has sexualized everything. <clears throat> and in a material culture where worship is more about things than God, it's pretty easy. We're in an interesting place because as a society, we're going to be beginning a shift a big shift, hopefully, back to God. But we still play games. We try to talk about how my relationship with God is mine and it's different. There's one God. There's one Bible for a good reason. And we just somehow seem to not want to accept that there's just hard lines in heaven. And I think that a lot of this is because we see this as Jesus loves everything, and so I guess that means I can get away with everything in some way or... And love becomes this soft puddle of junk that means nothing. You know, I've been given a vision, which was a really nice one, actually, of what it was like to walk within the warrior class in heaven. And I will tell you something. It's the same type of guys that sat right here last night. There's a moral line that when you cross it, you lose your life. So I guess I'd ask you, if you have a porn addiction... Are you willing to gamble with eternity? Because that's what you're doing. And if you have porn in your house or you're not willing to take the steps to take the toy away from your kid because they're saying, Mom, I want my cell phone, and you say you can't have it, so they're going to throw a fit, and then you're going to call the cops because you don't want to do when they wander away. I mean, let's get real. You're set, you're, we are peddling here with eternity, and there's no joke here. And there's no biblical discussion that we can have on cutting ledges or cutting edges to try to talk about what is right or what is wrong. That last quote of the issue is true. You harm the little ones, it's a millstone. And Jesus said that. 
Hope you realize that in the Bible, there's only one time that a crime and a punishment is given, and it's given by Jesus, as, and we have the authorities to execute that on earth. I want you to understand that. That means capital punishment for anybody that damages kids is authorized by us to do, and that's given by God. So I don't think we understand... I don't think we understand consequence. And we definitely don't understand warfare. And so if there's one thing that God has driven me to do in this channel and to talk about constantly and is the fact that we are in a war, but we're in a constant war. You have to understand your methods. You have to understand your tactics. You have to understand the strategic movement of things. And you have to have an operational plan. And it's really not hard in the home, but it is hard because you have to stop being consumed by a material culture where the kids want and you give. You have to be parents again, and parents have to be strong again. And like I said before, porn is an evil weapon, and it's being waged on the family. And if we don't put up the defenses to defend against it and start realizing that porn is a weapon, then we're just you're just it's like you're sitting in dresden and sitting in a house that's going to be firebombed and wondering why your house is on fire and it's literally that intense right now so it begins with a foothold and once that foothold gets in the portal opens and the demons flow and this is all they want is because once they get demons flowing in your house they go so i just want to leave i'll finish it with this if i may I got, oh. I got something to share. When you're done. Oh, well, look at that. You came out of, I stuck, out of the shadows, the man arises. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to you in a second. Um, the greatest weapon we have is, is the Bible. Every household in America has a ton of them. And, not, and there's barely any household in America that reads it. If you have a, I can tell you, and I, I've railed on this so many times, I'm willing to bet you that every one of you has a gun cabinet, and I'm willing to bet you that every one of you shoots those guns regularly. But it's amazing to me that I'm willing to bet you the majority of Americans that have guns and have Bibles don't read their Bible. And I never get that one. And this is why I've been, people have hated when I say this, but I'm just going to say it. They worship a gun more than they worship God. And in the end, that means that you end up worshiping porn if it's in your life more than you worship God. Because you find that this, the pleasures of the physical are more important than seeking the spiritual. And that don't fly in heaven. So you're peddling with your life. You're playing Russian roulette like deer hunter if you've got it in your life. And you're putting five rounds in a six-round chamber and you're spinning and you're telling yourself... I'm still going to see God. Pull the trigger and find out what happens. It ain't going to be pretty. I want to tell you a little story that utterly changed my life in this area. When I was in seminary, I had a buddy that we just loved going after God together, and we were having a blast. And he had a little four-year-old at the time that was just precious. And his little four-year-old could see in the spirit. And so he'd come home and his little four-year-old, you know, talk it up to the left corner of the room and he's not exactly sure what his kids do. And he says, so, you know, like, what are you doing? I'm talking to the angel daddy. And it's like, oh, that's nice. 
I mean, it's not like he really, we, we were going after God, but it's not like he really went, oh, yeah, I bet my four-year-old really does talk to an angel. I think he's thinking, I bet my kid has an imaginary friend. I wonder how everything's doing. I mean, and this is a guy who believes. And so after a number of times of doing that, he finally came home one night, and the little kid's talking to, you know, the corner of the room. And he kind of comes in and says, hey, can you ask the angel a question? Can you ask the angel why daddy can't see? And the little boy does, turns to his daddy. His daddy, the angel says, your eyes have beheld too much evil. Oh, that was a blow to the solar plexus of my buddy. And it was a blow to me when he shared it. I sat there going like, what do you mean? That's the trade? Not worth it. Just not worth it. So he gets, I mean, he went down on his knees. I mean, he's, he's tears streaming from his four-year-old. It's not like his four-year-old is, oh, daddy, are you looking at naked ladies? It's not like the four-year-old understands any of that. He says, can you ask the angel if daddy will ever be able to see? Little kid takes his dad's hand face in his hands and says, Daddy, the angel says yes, but it's going to take some time because the damage is great. Now, if that doesn't shift you, see, the Bible never says stop looking at naked pictures. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't say that. Why? Because God knows how our brain works. Don't think of a green elephant. Oh, yeah. Okay, in order to try to not do that, I first have to put the green elephant up there. And then good luck getting it out. I'm serious. Yeah, you're all thinking, I could have said something else. I just knew the green elephant was neutral. Okay. If you're doing something with the green elephant, we need to like raise the level to a different form of deliverance, all right? Because it does say, don't do that to the green elephant. It does. I don't know why it needs to, but it does. Okay? Just saying. Just thought we could use a little levity. Okay, Brian just said, no. but Brian just looked at me and said, what kind of people do you have coming here? Yeah. That one, Scott. I'm a good buddy of Scott. He's only half mine. <laughs> Sorry. The point being, the Bible says it's anything is righteous, pure, holy, and true. Think on these things. If you have testosterone, if you have estrogen, if you have anything flowing through your body that is to help us sexually. That's a gift from God. It is a precious gift. It is the best gift. Anything that you're doing that destroys that, unfortunately, hinders your capacity to enjoy the gift that God gave that has bounds in it. And when you do it there, it's awesome. It's amazing what it does. Why do you want to shortchange that? 
it's like I get all the negative things and I get all the consequences. But the truth is, is I'm not really good at not doing things. I am really good at doing better things. And so I said, hey, God, guess what? The devil has sullied my mind with a thousand images. And guess what? He can toss that slideshow up there all the time. And then it, help. How do I get that out? I had to go through each and every picture and set it before the Lord says, destroy this, please. Yes. Do something with this that destroys it. Take away the enemy's arsenal. I confess that. Yes, I confess that. Not a problem. He's not shaming me. Okay? God's going to free me. Just get rid of your arsenal. Okay? You can't walk in this planet and not have thousands of images already up there. Hey, baby. I mean, it's like they're after you. Okay? Arousal's not a sin. It's what you do right after that. You will either feed that or you will say, Father, you see them attacking me, right? I don't have a chance because that's really attractive. Do you have any better pictures? Do you have something you can fascinate me that is more valuable than that? Because God, if you don't, Satan's going to win again. Aren't you tired of that? Jesus, I don't know how to defeat that. I do know how to ask him for something better. That's what's going to change everything. You know, I, we can command you to repent. Well, the word means to get back to the highest, most place from which you fell. Why don't you do that? Don't grovel down there. Get back up there. God's got far better pictures, far better experiences. You, I, I've told you a plethora of little stories. Why do you think I have those? I ask for them every single day, day and night, day and night. It's like, hey, you busy? You doing anything? Could I come up there? You know, and when it doesn't happen, I'm like, oh, you don't love me. It's like, no, earnestly pursue. If you want to lust after, it says zealously lust after spiritual gifts. I can do that. It's better than naked ladies. Okay, my wife loves it. She knows I'm not really attracted to other women because they will not love me like she does. Okay, I don't really want to be rejected by somebody. My wife knows the worst of me still loves me. Sorry, you're not attractive. Does that help? Okay, so I'm going to... And in for the win. <laughs> I want to be really, really respectful of the sound people here tonight. Um, cause they've been phenomenal this whole time. And I, and I just said, I just, I got word before we came up here that he, we we're going to have to tear down the sound system, which Scott has been teaching me, uh, adapt and overcome this week a lot. Um, and so I'm, I already talked to the Lord about it. And this is what he said, um, we're about to have some pyrotechnics here in a second. And while the pyrotechnics are going on, we're going to adapt and I'm going to go get my sound system. We will not be able to live stream because we won't have the sound. So there's a purpose for that. Because after the pyrotechnics go off, we're coming up very intimately, and you're going to have to get close enough for our sound system. 
and we are going to shake heaven. And I don't want any of you to leave unless you have an excuse of children, which that is an acceptable excuse. Because there are people here tonight that need deliverance. We have to cut that soul tie to pornography. Okay, we have ministers that came from all over, from California, from Oklahoma, from New Hampshire, to be here to help you cut those soul ties. Do not miss out on that opportunity, okay? So in a second, I'm gonna give Bill, that's been riding around the golf cart, golf cart the, the, the go ahead to light this place up. And Scott, what did you say about that? <laughs> this is like the first round of artillery against the demon, so buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what he said. So while we have the big sound system and while we're live, um, I want to give a huge shout out. We're going to do this more in depth tomorrow. You guys will be here for the sunrise service. Scott, what time are we doing that? What's that? What time is the sunrise service tomorrow? It's going to be 720 is sunrise. Right here. Right here. Right. You'll get, you'll get Reveille first. You won't miss it. Okay. And then we're coming here. And then we're going to do baptisms again. Yep. Okay. If you, yep. tonight, a lot of you guys are going to get baptized on Holy Ghost uh, and you're going to get that's baptized That's going to be cold. That'll be good. It'll yeah. be cold. It'll be good Wear for you. Cold plunge. Very, very healthy. Okay. So... Because well, it's we're doing them every day. No, why do we choose to do Sunday? Because you said we were getting baptized. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, yeah. what goes around comes around, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, follow through. Yeah, Brad says follow through. Your word is your bond. Hey, uh, Michelle, let me just say something real quick. Yeah. All right, listen. Intense topic. I do not want this leaving on an intense note. Okay. Hard topic and unfortunately just the way things flow we had to put it tonight because we've been building over three days and this is really how father led us i want you to understand what's what we're doing here and as intense as we talk and as heavy as this can be on the heart what we're really talking about is setting ourselves free okay and in the celebration of that really what we're about to witness here in fireworks is a celebration as it should be it's something to enjoy and I know that these are vulnerable moments, but what's on the other side of that? Man, it's transformational. You walk with the most high. I got nothing more. Thank you, Mr. Kesterson. All right, so uh, just give us a couple of minutes and we'll get Bill on the fireworks. Actually, let's do this together. Hey, Bill, we're ready for the fireworks. Out of the pavilion somewhere, I think that way.
this war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war.